Hello all and welcome to edition 116 of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that has been play-acting for three years. I'm Michael Bailey, I cover the Canaries for The Athletic and I sincerely hope this finds you safe and well. On the way, Bramall Payne, Wobbly Wheels on the Wagon and Turf Moor at the second attempt. We'll work through all of that and more with our guests this fine evening. They are, here they come, they are, here they come. Norwich number one chief at NCFC numbers. Ooh, that's an exciting noise. Also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, I didn't hear that noise. I can only assume that's coming from me. Apologies. Oh, well, it could be my phone. I don't know. For a moment, I thought it was you talking like a Dalek. <laughs> that's all bad. Oh, wow. Okay, we'll see how this goes. Maybe it's just my ears. Um, Also, we have on the show, uh, former Norwich City Head of Content and Programme Editor, Dan Brigham. Hello, Michael. And joining us this evening, this fine evening, a fine, fine guest, Norwich fan, Capital Canaries member, advocate, hero, uh, ground hopper and assistant editor at Footy Magazine when Saturday comes. It's the wonderful Fionn Thomas. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, especially the otherworldly noises. Um, which, although none of that's going to make any sense if I'm the only one who can hear them. But I so, really hope yeah. that is the case. It, maybe it's just yeah. me. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, moving on. Uh, thank you for joining us. How are we? Steve, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, how are you? How's your voice? Uh, you what sound do you think? Back, it sounds like you're, you're back on form. It was, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe your voice is following the same trajectory as the as the club uh, performances on the pitch. And as your voice improves, so do Norwich City. I don't know. I love that idea. It's a slightly half-baked theory, but uh, there might be some correlation there. It's a, it, it might be erratic tonight. I've got the full range, the full range of noises. So that's uh, that's exciting. We should all enjoy that. Anyway, Dan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Michael. And I reiterate what Steve says. Good to hear uh, your voice is better because you were starting to sound like Phil Stroke Grant Mitchell from EastEnders last week on the hot takes, I thought. <laughs> yes <laughs> well I'll, I'll take that um no need to be scared everyone um i too am glad i can now talk and also feel human that's a, that's another um, welcome benefit too Fion, how are you i'm good thank you i've just got back from my six aside match tonight so that's if i look a little red in the face that's why how'd you get on uh we won nine eight it was a, a nine eight thriller it was very very competitive it was good well, was that an eight-eight job? Let's say next goal wins, or, or was that? No, no. We play. We play to the whistle, and uh, yeah, the the better team won, which was my team. So. What a fantastic game that is! What is your What is your team? Uh, it's It's not really a team. It's just different people every week. But it's It's oh. very fun. A good bunch. So lo- loads of ringers, then basically. Pretty yeah? much, yeah. Excellent. Is that Is that a normal level of you know XG? Would that be sort of normal, like of eighteen, seventeen? Yeah. Or yeah, I hit the bar as well. Scored one, hit the bar, so could have been more. But uh, okay. we'll we'll take the points and move on. Uh, Fionn, delighted to hear. It was such a great goal as well. Can you talk us through it? Uh, it was a, a ball from deep, uh, and I picked it up, Pookie esque, smashed it down the middle. Fantastic! You must have felt. You must have known it was in as soon as it left your foot. That's what I said in the post-match press conference. Yeah. Fantastic. And and what was all the celebration? The celebration about? Can you talk us through why you did uh, celebrate it was, like that? It was it was the equaliser for eight eight. So I did do a little I did do a little fist bump because it was a, a crucial goal. 
<laughs> so understated amazing <laughs> oh thank you for humoring me phil i appreciate that um uh well i'm glad everyone's well that's a good starting point hope everyone listening and watching is well too uh, for those watching us live on your chosen social media platform uh, we also want to hear from you during the course of the podcast uh, it can be on absolutely anything or about what we're talking or anything else um that that said, if you are struggling for motivation um, or, or for a reason to get in touch, then we do like to try and supply you with a topic. Um, we've, got, we've got two two suggestions this week. Um, make sure I read out the right one here. This is dangerous. Uh, dangerous. Uh, Zoe Morgan, a uh, uh, friend, um, pod superstar, obviously. Um, she mentioned one, uh, if you want to answer this, everyone out there, uh, what's the worst attempt at time wasting you've ever seen? We'd like to know that. Um, that's off the back of uh, what happened at Bremer Lane, obviously. And also Ryan Livermore, obviously, our, our own quiz master. He says, not that I'm wishing to quote him as this, but I am <laughs> going to. Um, uh, recent long-serving Prime Minister Liz Truss, Norwich City fan, spent nearly £2,000 in the Norwich City Club shop. When was the last time you made a stupid massive purchase before losing your job? So if anyone wants to take it take it in the uh, the humor it's intended obviously but if anyone wants to um answer that one as well get your comments and questions uh, in you can do that if you're watching live on youtube or on facebook uh, and if you want to com- contribute to the debate in general all those two themes uh, but you are not listening or watching live that's absolutely fine too simply email us with your story or comment the address is twitterkers twitter k e r s at icloud Dot com. After all that good stuff, and we'll keep an eye on the comments, let's crack on with this week's headline act. Now, of course, uh, Norwich did lose at Watford and lost our home to Luton while we were uh, away. Uh, but of course, we can come back to those maybe slightly more loosely in a bit. The headline act itself is Norwich's 2-2 draw at Sheffield United, where it was all looking so good, Steve, and then it all unraveled painfully. And then we didn't know which way it was going to go. Everyone thought Norwich might lose. Then they had a penalty and they should have won and they didn't. Um, so therefore, a draw is a fair result and everyone's a bit <laughs> meh afterwards. Yes? Uh, do you know what? I- I'm not meh. I think maybe for the first time this season, I'm not meh. I, I actually what really... Are what are you, Steve? What are you? I am worth. Uh, I, don't what? Know, I don't know if I can make, put a noise into it, not one that the listeners would uh, want to hear anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for considering that uh, this season has really been a bit kind of, I don't know, it's all been a bit middle of the road, a bit sort of magic FM. Like, I, you really, really felt like we needed something to get the blood pumping. Um, and... Um, yeah, that was um, that was Saturday, really, and, and I think it helped that Sheffield United are uh, quite combative, uh, a little bit uh, detestable, you might say, in some senses. Oh. Um, but like, I thought it was a great game, um, and obviously the fact that we went two nil up um, and managed to throw it away and miss a penalty in the last five minutes was put a bit of a damper on it. But um, I think considering that there's probably quite a lot to be negative about, I just thought it was nice to be able to enjoy. Uh, a game of football and feel like it really mattered and well, they all matter of course they do but I felt like I, I really wanted us to get to get over the line in this one shame that we didn't but it could, could have gone the other way as well um, I thought there were elements of the performance that were really promising um, clearly throwing away a two goal lead is not ideal um, but I thought the front three uh, Pookie Sergeant Campwell all had good games um, I'm sure Dan will 
would like to talk about Isaac Hayden, um, so I won't, but having him in seemed like a positive. Um, so I don't know whether it's going to make me confident for the two games we've got coming up this week, but I do certainly think after the debacle that was Tuesday night that um, we can definitely pull some positives from, from Saturday. Yeah, well, yes, because there weren't any on Tuesday. Um, I, I think for me, Dan, the, I, I didn't feel so... Uh, despondent at it being thrown away because I don't I, f- I felt like they were kind of handed the the advantage now I know there were some elements that that Norwich definitely deserve credit for but I mean they were two pretty wretched goals for Sheffield United to con- could concede who by the way were awful in the first half so I don't know they felt like if I, I don't know I, I, I kind of wish Norwich had have managed to have held on to it but I also wasn't surprised that they didn't yeah, I, I wouldn't say, I mean, Sheffield United obviously had those two horrendous mistakes, but I don't think they were that bad in the first half. I, I think you saw elements of why they've done pretty well up until the international break this season. They're a you know, really good squad. Ollie Norwood is the best player on the pitch, as he often is in the championship. And I, I echo um, Steve's sentiments that I think the bar is quite low this season, but it's just nice to feel something again. And it, it all, often takes Sheffield United to feel something in the championship. You had Missed penalties, you had fights, you had people missing sitters, you had good saves, more fights, uh, people diving quite a lot, uh, really ang- really angry Yorkshiremen in the crowds. You know, it was a properly classic swashbuckling championship game that wasn't massively dissimilar to the two-all in 1819 at Carrow Road between Norwich and Sheffield United, which was just full throttle. In the last 15 minutes, was n- neither of those teams were settling for a point. They were both absolutely determined to either throw away the three points or take the three points. And I think that just made for a really fun championship match. And in a season where we've not had a lot of fun, despite, you know, starting off well, I, I very much took that after 90 minutes, despite blowing a two goal lead. I thought the, I thought the quality uh, in that game uh, a few years ago was much higher than the one on Saturday. I thought of, of the play and the goals. Well, I'd maybe in attack possibly, but the defending and the lack of sort of midfield in that Carrow Road game was pretty similar as well. But yeah, I would say overall, slight lack of quality, but as fun though. Uh, lots of fun. Everyone really enjoyed themselves, themselves uh, especially at Bramall Lane, Fionn, right? especially the people who had their faces really riled up in rage. They were really enjoying themselves as they stood up and spat of feathers not literally that i saw um although i think there was the odd bottle that ended up on the pitch uh, hey it happens uh, i mean um it is it is one hell of a place to, to go and watch um your team play at i think bramall lane but also i've got this niggle in the back of my mind now Fion, that you know two years ago that stadium would have been empty and had norwich gone 2-0 up they would have won 2-0 because the whole dynamic would have been so different and Maybe I don't want to rewrite history, obviously, but it does feel like the fact that Norwich had their best ever away record in a season where there was no one in any stadium, apart from at Kenilworth Road in that little window in December, where, by the way, they lost. Uh, yeah, as I said, I don't want to rewrite history. So maybe I should stop asking you And then, Fionn, you talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did have the same thought about about the way we responded to the crowd. I wasn't at the game on Saturday, but it, from what I've heard, it seems like 
they Sheffield United fans were quite quite down on their team in the first half, understandably, and then we sort of gave them something to kick off about in the second half. And Bramall Lane is the grounds that will react to that. And you know they had over thirty k in there or whatever it was. Um, and it sounds like maybe we when we should have been sort of damping down the game, you know, obviously getting a third goal would have helped with that. But even if we couldn't get the third goal, sort of you know, playing it cool a bit more. And instead you had sort of Hanley, Hanley kicking stuff off, you knew this getting involved in stuff like that. And and when you've got like Billy Sharp and McBurney on the pitch, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not going to go our way. And uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Like, I, like you say, I think two seasons ago, we would have comfortably seen that game out. Um, so yeah, frustrating really. Um, maybe, you know, when, when you look at, Again, we don't really want to talk about the Luton game, but um, what happened with Kenny there again, maybe in sort of bit of loss of discipline, maybe might be something we need to to work on because you know now he's out for three games. If we if we're getting sort of riled up by things, it's it's going to cost us. This is true. Um, uh, in terms of the two goals, Norwich, we'll we'll come on to Luton definitely. In terms of the two goals Norwich conceded at Bramall Lane, do we have? Do we, do we want to dish out any blame on, on any of them? I, because, I, I mean, I should probably say here, for the first one, I was like, where was Max Aarons? He's got completely drawn out. But it is such a chain reaction to the fact that he is following Billy Sharp. And I suppose I was probably still scarred by the sight of no left back at Vicarage Road <laughs> um, in transition. Which is, and I, there's a piece on the Athletic that explains what happens there. And I think actually... It's not really Max's fault. It was a chain reaction from two people not doing anything at a throw-in because that was what Dean Smith told me at Colney this morning, which was a fair point. So, um, and the problem is once they make that first mistake, Steve, you kind of you kind of know where it's heading once they've conceded one goal. Yeah, I, I, I watched them back actually because I saw your post-match uh, reaction and thought, oh, maybe I missed something because I didn't think we were too bad. I mean, I, th- I think um, Max... Uh, had trouble with Ben Osborne all afternoon. Not not so much in the way he played, but just the formation. You know, Sheffield United play with wing backs, and I think Max didn't quite know whether to stick or twist. And Osborne was playing very wide, so I think he was coming in. I think he, he kind of was dealing with the the strike with um, the attacking player a little bit, and with Osborne a little bit. So I think that was partly down to the formation that Osborne found himself so free for the first one. Uh, the second one, I don't really know what. You know, <laughs> Norwood plays a pinpoint pass, and uh, John Egan, the centre back, I think it was, was still up from the back and up against Max, who's what, like five foot two or something. And then he heads it across, and McBurney's at the back stick. I mean, maybe um, Aaron Ramsey, uh, again, I was trying to watch it back and find fault, kind of made a bit of a half hearted effort to win the ball on the touchline, which allowed Norwood the space to play the pass. Um, but I kind of feel like that's sort of splitting hairs. We have conceded some bad goals recently, but I'm not sure they were too. Um, of the worst. The other thing I was going to say is I think I agree that Sheffield United kind of handed it to us, but the two goals actually are, uh, you know, uh, Pookie, you know, Pookie makes those goals. And for the, you know, the, all the times that he closes the goalkeeper down and, and never gets anything from it, that's, that's for all those attempts. And I think firstly that, and then the quality to kind of bring that ball down, um, hustle the center back and put it, stick it in the bottom corner. I definitely think there's an argument, you know, we, we know we're not playing particularly well or fluidly, but sometimes you just pick up points from having good players on the pitch who can make things like that happen. I don't think there's that many centre forwards that would have scored in those two situations, purely from the press that Pookie does that I don't think a lot of centre uh, forwards would have got in that position in the first place. And then just to have the quality to to get that ball under control and, and finish it. So 
I, yeah, they weren't great in that first half, Sheffield United, but credit where it's due to Tamey for those. We love Tamey Pukki here. Uh, the the uh, journalist next to me in the press box at Bramall Lane on Saturday, uh, I don't know her name, but she, she was debating whether she could give Man of the Match to a player who had missed a penalty to win the game at the end, which is a, you know, it's a debating point. She did in the end, I guess with just a caveat, <laughs> but you know, it's a fair point. I, I mean, it wasn't a very good penalty, was it? No, it was your classic England world cup penalty, wasn't it? Where they tried to side foot it into a corner, hoping the goalkeeper dives the wrong way with that kind of side foot, the Frank Lampard, the Gareth Southgate kind of penalties we've come used to. Um, but I suppose we probably should have had a hat-trick of penalties in that game. Um, and I'm sure Dean Smith will be writing to the EFL or the <laughs> referee board, as he said he did before the game. Um, updated list. Updated <laughs> list, yeah. Um, I, you asked about the individual mistakes. I think it was just a lack of control, wasn't it? That led to more chances being created by Sheffield United and they're a good side and put two of them away. And that sort of lack of control has been in midfield has been there for the entirety of the season, but also the lack of control in this game kind of coincided with Hayden first tiring and then going off. And for the first time in that first half, we looked like a team who had control in midfield. You know, Sheffield and I were a good side, but we were matching them in there. Ollie Nord was definitely quieter in the first half than he was in the second half. And that's got to come with, A, Hayden being experienced in that position, winning headers, getting the ball, kicking a few people, getting the ball easily and moving it on easily. And also having a left back in there as well and playing that sort of 4-2-3-1, which seems to have add greater protection to that 4-3-3-3. So it's interesting if, if hopefully Hayden isn't crocked for ages now because Dean Smith did sort of allude to him being a slight issue maybe. But with Hayden in and a left back, it does suggest maybe we can garner a bit more control in midfield. And my goodness, that's that alongside our being able to sort of our build up play in the final third being poor has been a real issue uh, this season. Um, but, and on that, when, when you mentioned that, we probably wouldn't have thrown that away uh, behind closed doors, which you're right. But I also think that comes down to the fact we had Ollie Skip and we had an experienced Mario Vrancic, a younger Kenny McLean in midfield. We had a good midfield that season. And at this stage, we've had, well, Hayden playing, what, 60 minutes so far for us. We've got Liam Giggs, Gibbs, who's a teenager, Nunes, who's very young, playing in his first season in championship football. And let's not forget, it took Tribal and Mario a season to get used to playing in this league as well. So that midfield has been an area of concern this season compared to the last two sort of promotion seasons. But hopefully, if Hayden is uh, hopefully on his way back, then that might be fixing that area of concern. Dean Smith uh, said today he he probably should have taken taken Isaac off sooner, but he kept asking how he was and he kept giving him a thumbs up, <laughs> uh, which, which is what probably most players would do. Uh, and I completely agree with you there, Dan, um, on, on Isaac too. And also... With uh, Dimitri Anulis, who came back probably a little bit sooner than we were expecting, Fion. But I mean, a a it was quite uh, quite fun watching him getting involved. Although he shouldn't have done, obviously didn't help. But still, uh, and and also that that he's such a clear better balance um, along the back line with 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 Dimi playing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's just slight concern if we're bringing people back too quickly um, that we might regret that. But yeah, it is it is much better like that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, going back to the Sheffield United goals, I think the Dean Smith mentioned they were both from throw-ins as well, which he is did. which is a bit of a concern when we have a set-piece coach. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. I see I see Dan's point about the control in the midfield. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've having seen Hayden when he came on at Watford. Um, uh, definitely, the sort of within the first five minutes, he did a sort of sprint and a won a won a tackle cleanly. I think that was the one he then got injured from. So we then had the sort of panicked five minutes of him on the floor having just come on. But yeah, I think if we can if we can get them not any more injuries, then uh, we will be in a much better position to sort of control games when we're in that kind of position. Uh, is there anything anyone wants to particularly say about Watford? Or Luton, anything that they sort of had simmering away in the background. The one thing I will say, I mean, I I write this script. You wouldn't believe it, but I do try and write a script for these podcasts. And I just sort of copy the last one. (laughs) Again, you wouldn't believe it. Um, And and it had written there, is there really a debate to be had over goalkeeper? That was literally the question I asked two weeks ago. (laughs) After that, (laughs) Angus Gunn. I mean, I wrote a piece on Tim Krull sort of going, not really debate yet. And then, bam, the head coach, Dean Smith, why I've introduced him as the head coach there as if none of us know who he is um uh he, he made that change and we've had Angus in, in goal now for for three games and also and I've asked him Dean this is you know this is his his position now so I, I don't know when this changes again really probably not before the world cup so uh that's quite interesting so yeah good on Angus um, if anyone wants to talk about that or anything else or if you've just blocked the two games from your mind that's also <laughs> yeah it, it, it already feels like Gunn's been in for ages to me <laughs> which maybe shows how long since we last did a podcast um I think it's fair enough you buy a goalkeeper for five million pounds you you know I know it was a year ago then I think if your number one's not playing well you've got to use him and I, I think I, I think Tim's involvement in the goals at Preston was maybe slightly overplayed. I think it was unlucky for the third one. Second one obviously was a bad pass. But um his uh shot save to goals ratio, don't have it in front of me, is not good this season. Like he hasn't he hasn't kept a lot out. And obviously some of that comes down to to luck or how well people are finishing. Um it's a small sample size. But ultimately I don't think he's had a great start to the season and I think his play should be up for debate as much as anyone's. Angus comes in and saves albeit quite a poor penalty in the first sort of 15 minutes. So I think he probably, I don't know what the others think, but I think he's probably there until he drops one. Yeah, and his kicking's been good, right? I mean, it's been better than, it's less, um, it leaves me less nervous than when Krull's got the ball with acres of space in front of him. <laughs> and he's got that, which I, that season he was with us in Farkas' first season, he had that knack of being, it's not a knack, it's probably just being a good goalkeeper, being a, of not making spectacular saves, but being in the right place at the right time, which he was for the McBurney header um, in the last minute. It's not a spectacular save, but he's absolutely in the right place at the right time to make that save. And I think, yeah, until he, you know, we what we don't want Tim Crawl back this season because that would mean Gunn's got injured or he's uh, run out of form or his lack of form. So assuming he keeps playing well, then it's it's his place. I enjoy, by the way, I enjoyed after this chat last time on the podcast that Brian Gunn quote tweeted it saying it would have been a really great chat from everyone. <laughs> in that <laughs> case, should we just big enough at Angus? Let's, in that case, <laughs> Angus is unquestionably Norwich City's number one, maybe the best goalkeeper we've had for years and years and years, if not just since Brian. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, since Brian. Um, uh, that's all grand. Uh, anything sticking? Anything you want to get off your chest about these these uh, these other two games, Fion or? Uh... Um, just how bad the Luton game was and how dreadful the atmosphere was. But we, may, I imagine, we may get onto that later. But yeah, that was 
just awful. <laughs> oh, it was a rank night, wasn't it? What, can, can anyone remember a championship? I was trying. I mean, we've had some bad ones in the Premier League, right? But can anyone remember a championship game at Carrow Road quite as bad as that one? I, we, it hasn't been one for years, obviously, because we've had it so good. But I um, cannot. Nearly every home game in Farkas' first season was absolutely. Yeah. Was it really worse? Was it really really worse than that? That was quite bad. Away games were quite fun that season, but home games were tough. Barely, sco- two... barely scored a goal. Barely yeah. created much at home. We had two nil nils in a row in the space of about three days. I think against Nottingham Forest and Bolton. That for me feels like how you can kind of kind of sum up that season in just a couple of matches. I don't. Yeah, I don't think this app is going to go back far enough. I was going to see if we could uh, rattle off some of those wonderful games, maybe from. Oh, I've uh, got them here if you want them. Um, <laughs> well, I've, yeah. Um, uh, Norwich nil, Burton nil. That's uh, yeah. That was Burton was a low point. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. But but then we did have Madders that season. Yeah. Um, well, if he wasn't scoring a weldy, then that, that really yeah, nothing that's... to remember from most games. Yeah, Norwich won, Barnsley won. I don't know if anyone. Oh yeah, wasn't that when Josh Murphy cupped his ear to the crowd? Maybe. Yes. That's yep. Cardiff, wasn't it? I think. That oh. one when he banged one in from thirty yards. I don't know because he scored. Josh scored a goal, didn't he? And then there was sort of ironic cheers that he'd scored. <laughs> And I remember Stuart Webber saying, oh, we've got our own fans, ironic, cheering our own players, <laughs> scoring because they never do. Yeah, so it's always worth remembering that it's always been a bit... He scored at, he scored at Barnsley that season, didn't he, Josh? Yes. Yeah, he did at Barnsley as well. Scourge of Barnsley. Um, yes, maybe I'm getting confused. Uh, well, that's all good. I think we've covered off um, most of those things. Uh, let's see what you guys have um, have come up with. Steve, you can uh, shout us as well if you want. Um uh, what we got, Andy Wyatt. I actually thought we didn't play too badly on Saturday, but we're lousy. Well, we were lousy against Watford and Luton. Top six at best finish, as far as I can see. Midfield is the issue. So he agrees with you then, Dan, I would say. Uh, Simon. Oh, well, sorry, I should be putting these up. There you go, just to prove it existed. Uh, that is Andy's actual words, you see, typed and everything. Doesn't mean anything if you're listening to this audially, but you can enjoy that next time you watch us. Uh, Simon Copperwheat, welcome back, number Wang. I think that's for you there. Is that for my benefit? Thank you, I, Simon. I think that is, yeah. Um, <laughs> Wang with W as well. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and what other ones? Oh, right. Yes, obviously on our subjects. Uh, Chris Dell, you can just about buy a full kit for £2,000 now, right? I think that's a, <laughs> hopefully that's a joke. Um, and uh, Colin Anderson, uh, would Alec Neal suggest Yannick Viltshut for the big spending then sacked one? Which is um, <laughs> very, very good work, Colin. That's that's made us uh, all laugh. So well done there. He um, did score our last winner at uh, Bramall Lane, though, Yannick, didn't he? Uh, yeah, a long true. time ago, last time we won that. Yeah, Put some respect on the name, Colin. Come on. Come on. <laughs> You said it. Uh, right. I tell you what, let's um, let's uh, skip on uh, to the things we are not going to talk about. So let's just rattle through some of the things we're, we're not going to talk about. Um, I've written here, Todd Cantwell's doing well back in the team. I thought he played quite well. I mean, it's not, I don't want to not talk about it because I don't want to not talk about it, but we're just not going to. But yeah. Uh, that makes sense. I don't think that, so. that was um, it. Was only the sixth time uh, since the beginning of last year, beginning of 2021, that um, Todd's played 90 minutes for us. It is quite wow. a rarity. Wow. Whether that's because he's not got the energy or just not been playing well, uh, it doesn't happen very often. But I did think it was his best game of the season so far, which just as well because I 
predict him in our preseason predictions to be player of the season. And that is <laughs> not looking good at this moment. No goals or assists. So come on, Todd. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, that's grand. Uh, Sam McCallum's back in training and uh, may even be in the squad at Burnley. So that came out of the blue. But we're not going to talk about that. Uh, anything you don't want to talk about, Dan? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, well, I do want to talk about Pookie's 100th championship game tomorrow, apparently. Is it? Uh, according to the Pinkin, anyway, and um, which is incredible. 61 goals and 16 assists. Is that right, Steve? You'll probably be across that. Didn't even know it was his 100th game on Tuesday, so <laughs> well, I'm not across anything. If it's yeah, incorrect, that... then I'm just passing the buck from the Pinkin, so. <laughs> uh, but I'm sure it's correct. And also, we talked about, well, mentioned it earlier that uh, at Sheffield United, getting into a scrap and losing con- control, that, I mean, Yanoulis and a couple of others were quite embarrassing. I don't mind the occasional little dive, fine, do what you do to win matches, but it, it played into Sheffield United's hands entirely, got the crowd going. If it had been at home, fine, if it had been at Carrow, fine, but in, at Bramall Lane, why are you doing anything that's going to incite that Bramall Lane crowd? That had been really quiet until we decided to start acting as if Sheffield United were doing GBH on us. Just, you know, Sheffield United did come out and leave a few, few kicks on us and stuff, but just give that back. That's fine. You don't need to go down in those situations. I mean, in, fairly, in fairness, but, uh, Billy Sharp went down, didn't he? Sort of looking for a penalty by just sort of falling over. and then Oh, he's doing in the penalty ball. area, fine. Yeah. But in the middle of the park. <laughs> and you know, but, but, but Billy being Sharp... head-butted and that kind of stuff. For, do it at home where the, the away crowd isn't going to make a difference, but don't do it at a large, vociferous mm-hmm. uh, away ground. Because it's just, when you're trying to protect a lead, it's just going to get the uh, team going. Maybe but, he just but, wanted to come off. Do you think he like was just feigning injury that much because he, he was like, he did get hooked pretty quickly. Played for sixty-five minutes here. Oh, what am I still doing on? Or he just <laughs> couldn't. He, was, he just couldn't get back up because he was so tired. He got he got taken off quite soon after his yellow card was what I noticed. So it was like we're not risking that. But also, as I was saying, Billy Sharp sat on the ball, so Grant Hanley just kicked him. I mean that you know that's that was that, quite funny. That that was a tremendous. That was one of the best moments of the game. Billy Sharp squaring <laughs> up to Grant Hanley, absolutely tremendous. Um, congratulations, Alex Roberts, Norwich City Academy player. I think he's been brought in from Peterborough. He's uh, signed his first pro deal. He's a, an attacker, uh, in his words, with an eye for goal, which I always think if you put those two things together, you've got a chance. Do you think, so do you think there's ever been a youth player that's an attacker that doesn't have an eye for goal? Just, I've seen a few, just... yes. <laughs> but but you know, like surely that is the one thing. If you're an attacker, you have to have some sort of eye for goal, right? It's like well, a defender that doesn't like making blocks or challenges you know he is but you know he's 17 so yeah. he's, sorry i'm not having to get at the kid i'm sure he's, he's great we're all old enough to be his parents probably well certainly i am anyway um so anything anything else any anything anyone doesn't want to feel on uh, i don't want to talk about uh fulham because it looks like they're going to stay up which means that we won't be able to go up because we're, we're sort of <laughs> magnetically opposed and we can't be in the same division so yeah we might there's just no point now because yeah they're <laughs> They're going to stay up. <laughs> they do. They do look like they're going to stay up. Uh, Bournemouth are losing at West Ham, so don't don't count any chickens on them staying up just yet. Oh no! But Again, we go. another great prediction. I think I wrote them off weeks ago, and, they got them <laughs> and they've been like, unbeaten since then. Um, I'd like to not talk about uh, our, our. I don't know if he's friend of the pod. If he's never been on, but Tony Gary Springett uh, re- returning. Um, 
I say not an ideal situation when you're bringing on a 20-year-old winger to put, make his first appearance of the season at left back. Um, but I thought he acquitted himself quite well. Sorry, it wasn't quite his first appearance, was it? He played in the cup um, in the same position. Oh, he did. Yeah, Bournemouth, um, that's right. But yeah, it, was, it was nice to see him back. A little throwback to the back end of last season. And with a new contract as well. Yes. So, uh, and him and Jonathan Tomkinson. So um, that's good. Just the uh, nine senior pros who are out of contract in the summer to go crack mm. on crack on orange um right well i think if that's all the things we don't want to talk about we can probably move on to some of the things we do want to talk about which means i need a sting how about this one from good old john this is almost fantasy football yes indeed uh i've still got my list of october fixtures um I think these are the last two, aren't they? Finally, on the month that never ends. Um, you know, I, I wrote them all down with such high hopes and, and Norwich did win at Blackpool. Uh, it's been pretty bad since then, but that's okay. Uh, that's absolutely fine. Uh, this is, of course, the rearranged game following um, the death of the Queen. So now we're going to go to Turf Moor on a Tuesday when it will be slightly worse in terms of weather, uh, probably. So that's exciting. Um, and what's more, how many points can Burnley be be ahead of us if they win? And is that is that alarming? Would probably be the question. Seven ahead, they'd be. Oofed. No way. Mm, yes. Yeah, that's quite alarming. I would say <laughs> seven ahead. It's worth pointing out. Um, we Norwich are seventh at the moment, and Burnley are third. So yeah, um, how big a game is it, Steve? Uh, well, I didn't. I wasn't sure how big it was until he just said that they could go seven ahead of us. Um, I, I mean, as with any of these games at the moment, they sort of feel bigger for Dean Smith than they do for Norwich City because um, with every game that goes by without a win, uh, there is going to be more and more unrest. Um, I, as I say, I think it feels like we're trending in the right direction. It's an awful phrase, then I used it, but. Um, Obviously, that can all go to pot with a with a bad performance on Tuesday. Um, and I would say of all the teams up there, you know, no one's really kind of taken the ball by the horns, as it were, and really stamp, put their stamp on the championship so far in, in the way that obviously we have done a couple of years previously. I think of all the teams that could, Burnley seem to be the one. They seem to be capable of um, really turning it on when they have to, um, e.g. the 4-0 win over Swansea, who otherwise have been in great form lately. Um and I guess companies kind of had his bedding in period and you sort of would expect them to kick on a little bit now. Um, so uh, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose in some senses, they're kind of what a lot of Norwich City fans probably wish had happened with us in that new manager comes in in the summer, massive shake up, completely different style of play. And suddenly they look uh they, you know, they look good on the pitch, even if they're not getting exactly the results that they need. Um, but I think it is worth remembering that Burnley did finish a long way ahead of us last season as well. So they did already have a core of good champ, good championship, good Premier League players, and they still have that with some added flair and excitement we, thrown in. We, we didn't lose to them, Steve. No, how did that? We, we beat did... them and drew. I don't think we conceded. We to didn't them, concede either, a goal really. against them. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> goodness! Although Maxwell Corne didn't Maxwell Corne miss an open goal from about three yards? Doesn't um, matter. Doesn't matter. And I think there's a chance for that, isn't there? There's a chance <laughs> for for not being that good. Can't remember. Well, that is at their home record. They've only played seven times at home, 
And they've only won three and drawn four. So they are unbeaten, but um, Norwich have got a better home record than Burnley have, actually. So there's some some statage for you. Uh, but they are absolutely awesome away from home, uh, as they were at Sunderland, where they were 2-0 down and won 4-2. So at least Norwich weren't the absolute reversal of that, which is good. Um, is it going to be a wistful if... if oh, well? A, Fion, what do we want to see from Norwich? And B, is it going to be a bit wistful if we see Burnley, you know, playing beautiful football and, you know, under a dynamic young team and having their lovely energetic reinvention? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we're jealous of Burnley, um, although we might be if they hammer us tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm really not sure what to expect from this Um I'm trying to think what games, what when, what games would it have been between if it had been when it had meant to be, and it was sort of September the 9th, wasn't it? So would we have been better off? Good question. Let certainly? me, let me. I can tell you, it was after Norwich's three nil victory uh, at home to Coventry, and before their three two win at home to Bristol City. Oh, yeah, we were, we were good then, weren't we? We, we were, were second. We were second at that point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I would have preferred to play this game then. Um, the idea of going to Burnley in in their yeah, like the, that comeback against Sunderland uh, was pretty scary. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not confident about tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good sense that uh, you will be following the game though, won't you, Fion? Yes. Uh, anyone in London, come to the Old Red Line in Angel Islington. It will be on the big screens, and we will be watching. <sighs> What a place to we, go! We can we can all what be miserable together or happy if we win. I was going to say what's 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 Norwich's record like at the old Red Lion, having never you know physically played. There, uh, pretty good, I think. Um, well, because because when we get promoted, all, they put all the games on telly. So we've had we've, certainly the promotion seasons. We've had some good runs of uh, celebrating promotions in there. But uh, I remember watching the the Newcastle game last season in there, the one that we that we should have won and didn't. Uh, so yeah, mixed. Where it all unravelled, shall we say? I mean, at least Newcastle haven't, you know, kicked on. <laughs> um, uh, Dan, I, I mean, Vincent Company seems to be doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're, well, they're, they're unbeaten in thirteen, aren't they? And as I was already been in the last three games, they've put four past Swansea and Sunderland. Uh, due a defeat, then. Yeah, due a defeat, yeah. yeah. Along come Norwich. Um <laughs> but it does it yeah, what it seems to be happening there is that they've they drew a lot of games and they're they're turning those draws now into wins, which is relatively ominous for us. I mean, they're obviously doing something right because Vincent Company seems to have turned Josh Brownhill into Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard. He is banging the goals in this season and seems to be their sort of guys dictating play from deep. So yeah, I mean, I've not seen a huge amount of them. Um, they've still got um, Ashley Barnes up top. So as well as their silky skills that uh, company seems to have added to their mix, they've still got a niggly, gnarly, grungy striker up top, which will cause, which always seems to cause us problems as well. So they seem pretty well balanced, although a cursory look earlier suggested that Scott Twine and Ashley Westwood are injured for tomorrow night's game, which maybe gives us a tiny bit of hope. I do think maybe if we were playing them with... Hayden fully fit and um, and uh, and hopefully Yanul is fully fit at left back as well. Then maybe we'd um, we'd be looking there, going to get a really good result. But at this stage, I'd very very happily just avoid uh, the kind of results we got at the Amex against Brighton 
um, <laughs> Alex Neil and happily take a, either an arrow defeat or a draw. That's the spirit. Uh, yeah, oh, it was a shame. I was hoping to see Scott Twine play, but there we go. Um, I mean, Ashley Barnes did start the game at Sunderland, but also mm-hmm. got withdrawn at halftime. So oh, did he? Uh, right. he's directly Maybe responsible. Too- really, for <laughs> Maybe too niggly and gnarly down. then. 2-0 down, and then, you know, the 4-0 second-half victory. I've got that um, kid from Tamton loan, haven't they? Um, Nathan Teller, who, Nathan Teller. who the Burnley fan mm-hmm. seems to love as well. Probably they also have... Um... Sorry, they also have in their dugout Craig Bellamy, which uh, if we're if we're talking about people getting wound up, uh, he might be maybe racing out of his dugout uh, if the, if decisions go against them. But be, yeah, nice to see Bellas again. Uh, he he is one of my heroes. He's someone I've always wanted to interview, but have yet to um, ever speak to him. And uh, yeah, I can't remember which podcast he did recently. It was a Welsh podcast, but it was in English. But it was with the Welsh host, and he spoke very highly of Norwich in it. So uh, as he should. Because has, you know, has he been linked as a, as a number one position at one of his old clubs yet? I, I eat us. That, that doesn't <laughs> seem to be a link ever, does it? No. I wonder no. if he fancies a number one position. Oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? I, I feel I feel like then 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 we'd have that kind of like the nasty streak that that some of our fans desperately want. He's just not. He's not really a Norwich kind of appointment, though, is he? We're last, more of a Russell Martin, I think. Our last Welsh manager was Mike Walker, probably. I don't think we've had one since, and that turned out pretty well the first time, anyway. Yeah. Well, there we go. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's it's got to be. It's got to work. Uh, I was just going to say, Nathan is it is Nathan Teller, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he, he probably the subject of one of the best uh, signing unveiling videos on social media that uh, Burnley did, involving the generation game. So it was very funny. You can probably dig it out on Twitter as it's probably still there. Uh, after Burnley, Norwich hosts Stoke on Saturday, which is, of course, probably, I was thinking this, you could probably just go back and watch our preview to the Sunderland game. And then each time you hear the word Sunderland, just replace that for Stoke. And then all of the Alec Neal stuff still works. I think that that's pretty yep. much they they both play in red and white stripes to be exactly talk about them. they begin um, with us sorry begin with, us, sorry, begin with yeah. a, an s supportive anyway. places with delusions of grandeur but we might have mentioned wow. that so wow. you know um, okay yeah reply to steve about that one uh <laughs> and i've yeah, called I mean, sheffield united detestable i don't know what's wrong with yeah you. i know they play in red <laughs> and white as well and begin it, with literally inviting it on steve um i stoke of stoke have picked up have they picked up? Oh, no, they're still 17th. No, <laughs> not really. That's, a, that's um, a well-researched athletic journalist. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, uh, Stoke, uh, well, they've got the seventh best away record. So they're quite good away from home, you see. So it's just at home that they're struggling. So that'll be beneficial for when they rock up at Carrow Road. If, uh, being, if being seventh best away from home is your, is your greatest stat, it suggests you're not doing very well. Well, in fairness, I haven't gone through all the stats and then ranked to produce the best one. Um, if, if Norwich lose at Burnley, what, what, what's it going to be like at Carroll Road playing Stoke? They didn't lose to Sheffield United. So maybe that's a twinge mm. of something positive. I, I feel like we're in one of those runs, though, where you're really only as good as your last game in the fans' eyes. You know, like if we play badly on Tuesday, they're not going to remember that we put in a decent performance against Sheffield United uh, I don't know really I really think the atmosphere I think Fionn's already mentioned it but the atmosphere was bad against Luton uh, Toxic do you think we were we were we were quite close to toxic weren't we we had Dean Smith sort it out chance 
that you know dino sort it out I mean, it's nice they used a friendly term to describe it <laughs> but still i uh, i thought that was quite polite really they could have been a lot you know you hear a lot more abusive stuff than sorted out from the, the stands don't you so i don't think we were that close to toxic i think we were closer to apathetic but um I think some of it was targeted at the players as well, wasn't it? There was, yeah. a, there was some fit to wear the shirt stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 it, it's not it's not quite tipped over, but the writing is on the wall. I think a little bit. Well, I mean, Stephen H asks, "Do you think Dean Smith will still be in charge by Stoke?" I think he'll still be in charge by the end of the season. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you? Uh, yeah, in a good I, way I, or a bad way? <laughs> <laughs> I just think. Um, yeah, unless unless there's a really horrific run, which the team shouldn't really be capable of, there shouldn't be a call, a complete falling off off the wheels. Because I think this probably not, squad has got. Are we not in the middle of one of those right now? Though <laughs> it just sort of feels like we have oh, one for seven five. games. Or is it eight? Well, is it seven or eight? One, one win in seven, I think, is uh, to quote it, Grant Hand. Wow, well, one win think, in uh, seven. But then you know, it's then you know, you could say it's. Four, five in whatever seven plus whatever is, um, you know, you can read it how you want. I just, I just think, um, it, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to take a lot for the supporters to do something that registers with the people running the club that they need to change the manager because I think they're in a mood at the moment where they'll just ignore the fans. If I'm brutally honest, because they'll feel like Dean Smith, if the group are with him, that will be enough. And also, they may view the fact that. If it's not going to happen this year, they're going to have to, you know, take a hit of losing some senior pros, and they're going to need a younger team to rework. Actually, Dean Smith's probably a good head coach to take that forward. I don't know. I'm not. I, this is completely me, um, you know, guessing. And maybe I'm living can, in La La Land. Can the club afford another payoff as well? Well, mm-hmm. well, no is the answer. Um, possibly, but also uh, they can't really afford to not be promoted as well. So <laughs> yeah, this is this is true. But I mean, would, it is. Um, what would the fans need to do to get the board's attention? Do you think, like a fireworks display, or some sort of like massive cabaret act, or or just a massive, or just a protest outside the ground? I don't know. Uh, I, I would hate to suggest ideas and be accused of that. It reminds me of um, an anecdote. They were because they were they were with, they were talking about Nottingham Forest Liverpool because this is obviously there's a big nostalgic um, rivalry between the two clubs that hasn't existed for you know years really it's not even relevant now but it's obviously they wanted to talk about it like Norwich one of this huh like Norwich yes. Versus Ipswich, yeah. yes let's hope that never rekindles don't want to <laughs> do it. i did watch Ipswich against um derby the other night i don't want to talk about it um but yeah on talk sports Stuart pierce re- retold a story from playing liverpool in the 80s or whatever where um you know a player threw a dart at pat uh, Pat Clements, I think, and it was sort of stuck in his arm um, and he didn't make a fuss. And they were all sort of quite jokingly laughing about this fact that this dart had been thrown from me and that, you know, he, Pat had got in the way of it. And I'm just thinking, don't give anyone any ideas. We don't need to talk about darts being thrown on the pitch. I mean, now I'm retelling this bloody anecdote <laughs> and now I'm doing the same, but I can't even remember why I started talking about this. Oh yeah, so I'm not going to suggest any ideas. I mean, we know like bedsheets don't work because bedsheets just rile people. <laughs> so we know that. So we don't need any more of that. But it's clearly it's clearly a subject amongst people. Look, Stephen H, if we lose at Burnley, then is Dean Smith out? That's not the same question as the 
as the oh actually no it is because they're both from steve oh fair it is no that yeah <laughs> if we lose at stoke then ds out and steve uh, Stephen earlier said do you think he'll be still in charge of both stokes so that's a fair play steven you've asked the same question twice in different ways and there's me thinking there are lots of people um uh, saying the same things uh but i honestly um daniel rivet i cannot understand why dean smith is refusing to try and create a bond with the fans i think there was a second point he made or i haven't got it here um uh which is obviously something that's come up as well uh i don't i, I don't really get because what did alex Hill do what did paul lambert do what did they won games that's how they created a bond with the fans daniel farker obviously went over to the crowd and did his waves and stuff but usually the way to create a bond with fans is just winning games what yeah. what else do they want him to do but did, 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 has Daniel Farker changed that landscape? Has he changed that expectation? It's a bit showy, if anything, isn't it? Just well, that's what Dean, that is what Dean Smith would say. Just let the players take the plaudits. And also, also, is he refusing to create a bond? Is, are people going up to him and going, Dean, you really need to make more of an effort with the fans? He's just going, no, nope, I don't want to. I'm not, not going to do that. I, I think it's more just that he's not that charismatic in that way. And that's okay right i don't you know it doesn't make a difference to the results so i don't know i he, he always he always claps them what what i did notice is that <laughs> the uh, you know it's just from the from the dugout um and at the end he wants he obviously wants everyone to leave the pitch before he does it pretty much but i did notice in the highlights the extended highlights of the Sheffield united norwich game that norwich bout on their youtube feed they showed footage of him clapping the away fans before kickoff and then they showed footage again of him <laughs> clapping the fans after the game and they were both in the highlights and, and knowing how the club works that won't be an accident they were definitely Are we sure it was from that game they haven't cut yeah. it, yeah. it. <laughs> or the same footage that they just replayed twice um i was funny because i was looking at the front image of the strategic report which for which norwich released actually we haven't even spoken about that but norwich released their annual accounts um um, they owe 65 million quid in the next two years. So basically they've spent all their parachute payments already in advance from what I can tell. Uh, if they don't go up, they're going to need to cut the wage bill and sell some players and make some money. That's the long story of it. <laughs> um, but on the strategic report, there was, a, there was a picture of the players walking out and applauding the Barkley with flags. And I was trying to work out if they, because the only players in this lineup uh, were Tim Krul, Andrew Omabamadeli, and Kenny McLean, and they were sort of quite spaced out. And I was just looking at it going, is this an actual photo or have they managed to have this photo where only players that are relevant and you'd want in it <laughs> are in it? And, you know, you could maybe put, I mean, I'm not that I want to achieve some of photoshopping the image, <laughs> but um, I might even have it here. But it just it just made me think that they, you know, oh, hell yeah, I can't ask to get it out. But it made me think, oh, okay, that's, you know, you, you that's a fortunate photo because you've got, you know, three pillars of Norwich City there. It's not got Milot Rashica sort of second in line. Well, I suppose the issue Let's with it, mo most photos of players applauding the Barclay with, uh, lined with loads of flags will be from 20, no, like eighteen nineteen still. Well, yes, but they were because in Premier, the right kit. Because Premier, right kit. Premier League lockdown, um, Premier League again. There, there aren't many opportunities. So most players would have left by then. So you, you, you're saying that there's, there's no shot. possible way the <laughs> image of the crowd would match. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? There's a really big gap between the players. Is that but they're, in the background they're coming well? out for kickoff. Yeah, that one's real. 
I think that's real. That's yeah. real. I think. From this, maybe the first game of the season, I feel like I'm, there were you know flags what? at some point. You know what? It is real because on the back are all the players. <laughs> oh, the, on. The oh, that's a fair rats. point. Yeah, on the back are all the players you would have cut out of Photoshop. This is, I take this it is... all back. I apologise. <laughs> you know, Ozan Kabak would not be in this picture if you'd... Yeah. So Ozan you Kabak, yeah. And to be fair, it looks brilliant. There you go. Yeah. I think I've chugged myself out of a hole there, have I? No. Uh, well, if I don't appear at any football matches for the rest of the season, you'll know I've been banned. <laughs> Not so for the first time. Not for the first time. No, no. But, I, you know, I should be, I believe this is a point that has been made publicly. Uh, I should be grateful that I am still allowed in the games and allowed in press conferences. So, and that is something I am constantly very, very thankful for, that I still get to do my job at games. <laughs> Um, what else have we got question-wise? Michael Spurden says he wants me to give it. Not that I'm going to, you know, try and create a connection with our viewers, but there's me giving you all a wave. I think you're all brilliant. <laughs> Thank you for your loyal support. Even the listeners who obviously can't mm. see you doing that. Yeah, no, I was waving, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. yeah, so I've forgotten about them. I've lost my Audio connection wave. with listeners. Oh, gosh, I'm now going to have to build that up with some verbal waving uh quick um oh ben mounts has messaged in that's nice hey ben should hanley or i assume it's him it could be someone who's just hijacked his yeah, name exactly. ben mounts, isn't should grant hanley or ben gibson drop out when big andy Ahmed pamadeli is back hanley's not being great this season in my opinion and the balance with gibson seems better I must be said, this is a debate for after the World Cup because Andrew Omabamadeli will not be back before it. I think we've only got five games until the World Cup break. That is soon. Uh, we won't be doing this podcast during the World Cup, by the way. <laughs> You'll all get a break. Uh, so don't worry yeah, about that. We don't, we don't love you that much. We love, no, we'll, sorry, we'll, wave, yeah. we'll give you a wave. Again, without wishing to you know, damage our connection with our audience, we're just disappearing. <laughs> sorry, see you later. <laughs> uh, but what do we think? <laughs> Anyone Ben's absolutely right. The balance is better with Gibson there, but Gibson has looked rusty, hasn't he? Unsurprisingly, he's not played a lot, but he has looked a bit ponderous and slow. And I kind of disagree, actually. I think Hanley's been fine this season. Um, yeah. Without, and let's not forget that that defence hasn't had a lot of protection in front of it. But yeah, it is really tempting to get a left-footed centre-back into that back line. So I'm just sitting on the fence. Excellent. Anyone else want to not sit on the fence? Fionn? Uh, no, go on, Fionn. Oh, go on, uh, I'm uh, Hanley for me. Um, yeah, I, I see the point about, about balance, but Gibbs, that, that error for the loot and goal was just, uh, yeah, it's Hanley for me. And it, it sounded like he, Hanley had quite a good game at um, Sheffield United. We did it right, yeah. Stepping yeah. out, stepping yeah. forward, so good. Uh, kick Billy Sharp, so, you know, <laughs> it tick, ticks <laughs> yeah. all the boxes for me. Um, I uh, well, sorry Ben, but just to round it off completely, I would also stick with Hanley. I think it'd be a massive, massive call to to leave him out. Bigger, bigger than leaving out Krull, in in my opinion. Well, or maybe I would also say big and big Andy, what a ridiculous term for a man who's about fifteen <laughs> years younger than me, more than that. But Omar uh, he's he dropped off a little bit, hadn't he? I think yeah, yeah. obviously, you know, he had been injured for a long time and playing that uh, that regularly. You probably expect that, but. He's maybe not absolutely guaranteed to come back in when he is fit. Oof. Well, um, Ben, next time you come on the podcast, you can 
you know, put them all right. Um, definitely do that. What other comments have we got before we go? Um, Neil Luther, have you bought any new earphones yet? Um, no, not for my video verdicts. There we go. That was that, that. Thanks, Neil. <laughs> I need to get some new headphones. What's my point. What's my Charles? Is that a, is that a name? Uh, I that think Neil that's probably a, <laughs> Um, I don't know why it says my Charles. Uh, no, I've not. No, I've not been called. I've not been called uh, that before. <laughs> I, I like it. It's not. It's, 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 I like it. Autocorrect, um, probably. Uh, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. Um, Mr. Bailey. Um, <laughs> I'm um I'm trying to read through these other questions. I'm not doing a very good job of it. Um, yeah, let's say it was that. Um, Simon Moore, here we go. Simon Moore, how the championship is going would be. Uh, would it surprise you if Norwich went and won at Burnley? If all the players had that finishing touch, they wouldn't be at Norwich. Well, they're just not that good. Yes, why not? It would be it would be a great result, wouldn't it? It would perk us all right up. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, a huge I th- result. I think it's I, I, it's not impossible. I do think they played well on Saturday. There are signs there that um, there's a bit of shape coming back. It's just <laughs> we kind of need Hayden and Yunulis to be able to play ninety minutes, and then I would feel be feeling a lot more positive. But um, uh, I mean, maybe we could give Yunulis thirty minutes, McCallum thirty minutes, and then just play someone else at left back for a bit <laughs> as well. Love it, Tim Crow. <laughs> well this is it I th- can I ask I- a question Michael oh yes no, please I don't think anyone mentioned in the press conference whether Sarah is still ill is he okay now um, it didn't come up actually hmm. and likewise Sam Byram didn't come up because he has sort of a hip complaint but wasn't necessarily ruled out for any period of time um, I got the impression there was no one coming back but uh, it wasn't said either way so yeah yeah i, I mean I, I would imagine if i don't think because D- kieran dahl is out with laryngitis so i that think sounds he, nasty, they, that does. yeah we're going I- to and, and assess him today uh i feel like maybe with gabriel sarah he would be closer to being straight back in it with um with dowell he pulled out bef- like after the lineups were announced with laryngitis on tuesday he he pulled out of the warm-up because he was finding he was short of breath oh, okay. and no one knew why and i think right. it was then 24 48 hours later they had a they he had been diagnosed with laryngitis um so it was the early onset of that but no one really knew what it was only that he'd come back in from his warm-up saying he felt short of breath and couldn't figure out why which i guess is not really a nice experience is it no. so um so glad it was like quite a straightforward diagnosis and and um, hopefully he'll be back because if they're assessing him already he's probably not too far off coming back in and um i think they miss kieran i mean i think they miss playing i think they miss the opportunity of playing him in his best position as well but they also yeah i, I think he's i think he's a handy player and i think norwich often look better when he's playing if i'm honest so uh, which of course I'm always honest. So there we go. Um, uh, one more, if I can, from you are CCW. Uh, they are here for the cool hands and warm embrace of my name, uh, Michael to uh, not Michael to oh, I'm so tired. Uh, Norwich to to Sheffield, which is a uh, a TFO podcast reference because I, I a uh, went down to record to host the TFO podcast today, which is very exciting. I enjoyed that, but also I'd left my shirt there in the office, but I thought I'd lost it. And it was still there when I went back today, which is, I was so delighted. I've worn it now. Anyone know what shirt it is? It's good for the audio listeners, this one. It's a green and white striped one. 
Uh, Anyone want to Steve? Is, you it want to describe it? is it a oh, Brazilian one? South American looks for me. Yeah. Oh, I like it. No, it's uh it's a Puma shirt, it's green and white striped. Uh it's it looks like the sporting shirt, which I do have one. I guess you'll all be able to guess who's on the back of that shirt. Um <laughs> this is uh you you're all gone too warm, it's colder. Uh Iceland. Close. <laughs> right a bit. Anyway. Finland. Yes. Pukki's old club. Yes. It's K Y T P. Which was Temu's first team in Kotka. And where he first came through uh, the ranks. It's got I've got his name on the back. Look. <laughs> did you get it when you were in Finland? I did. I did. I mean, nice. it's, a, it's, a, it's the new, it was the, it was the 2018-19 uh, KTP home shirt. Uh, mm. So Temu never played in it. But they were still kind enough to put his name on the back. And 16, which I think was either his age or his number. <laughs> not sure which. <laughs> um, so it's probably not going to be worth any, anything particularly on, uh, you know, classic shirts or whatever. But I don't care because I'm, I'm actually delighted I found it. I thought I'd lost it. And there okay. it was. Can you tell us what you were recording for TIFO today? Uh, just their, I was hosting their uh, weekly football podcast. So uh, Joe Devine, who is an Norwich fan, I'm just going to say is, <laughs> but who who uh, whose uncle is Uncle Damien, who runs the old mm. Red Lion in London. So uh, he is an Norwich uh, fan. Hmm. Um, uh, he's away, Joe. So I stood in and and spoke about all the other clubs that have massive issues. <laughs> it turns out there's <laughs> loads of them. That's quite amusing. I also got in a me- mention of Wes Hulan. I don't know how that's going to go down with the international audience of the Defo Football Podcast, but there we go. When you're on their podcast, do you ever mention on the ball? No. Oh, what? No. <laughs> They've got a good mention- plug out of this one. So. You didn't mention yeah. you had to get home in time to record this? No. Um, the, the problem is, they don't think they would care. <laughs> I think they don't. Well, we don't know. care about them. So, exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, do we you, know our place. Do you have cool hands then? That was going to be my question. I think it's a, it's a producer reference. Apparently they have produced. So, oh, okay. you know, I, 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 um, someone was updating the script for me while we did it and like sending me messages and things to include. So A, I looked really good or as best <laughs> as I could. And B, someone was doing that live on the pod rather than, you know, me having to cobble it together beforehand. So <laughs> where, where is- different level of resource. It was yeah. a bit like, it was a bit like imagining, you know, you're, you're Dean Smith and you're cobbling Norwich together and then you get to, you know, look after Manchester City for a weekend. Whereas so, yeah. uh, I'm not even logged in, so can't flag up the <laughs> that's, Therein lies the difference. And that's why we don't get a plug on the TIFO podcast. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I love this. It's just my, it's, it's my baby. So um, uh, is that what every, has anyone got anything else they would like to say before we go? So if this podcast were playing the TIFO podcast in an FA Cup final, who would you be supporting? Oh, I just want football to be the winner. <laughs> and also the likelihood of it ever happening, you see, would be, it's a bit well, like yeah, if, I was, if I was a lower stuffed fan. Well, yes, and also the actual <laughs> logistics of podcasts <laughs> playing football. Good point. Um, uh, oh, well, hang on. Neil Luther has asked a question. Who would you want to take a penalty if we were to get one at Burnley? Neil, what a question. That is a great question because... You know, there's a bit of time. I don't know if people would have probably seen it, but 
Josh Sargent was clinging onto the football. And I was just looking at it thinking, oh, Josh is going to take the penalty. Maybe Tamu's got two and he's like, I don't want the hat trick. I mean, <laughs> what striker would that be in the world? But it did look like it. But I think Dean Smith, because he was asked about it, he said, no, no, Josh was just looking after the ball. So I don't know. No one stamped I, it. I think <laughs> it's, like, it's like a decoy thing where one player takes it and all the Sheffield United players go and get in his head and then you give it at the oh, last minute so the player oh, actually takes man. it. Oh, but obviously it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a terrible penalty. Um, so, but which, which does provide the question. Who takes it? You've just blown up. You're in that sort of hubble where everyone's going, oh, we've got a penalty. This is exciting. Do we look? Don't know. Who's got the ball? Well, I mean, the mentality was when I thought Josh Sargent was going to take it, it was, oh, God, Josh Sargent is taking it. And then he handed it to Pookie and I thought, oh, God, Pookie's taking it. So whoever takes it, I'm always convinced when it's Norwich are going to miss anyway. But Sargent okay. scored a good... Sorry, Phil. No, I'll carry on. I'm just thinking out loud. But I'd oh, Cantwell, Cantwell, Cantwell for me, He's because he scored that one at Sheffield Wednesday and the one at Spurs in the Cup. Cantwell is always... Well, he did miss he does, against Bournemouth. Yes. Um, he missed okay, the target against then. Bournemouth. So, Liam Gibbs scored in both of those shootouts. So he if he's on the pitch, bring him on. But um, I actually did fancy Pookie. I thought he was going to score. He, uh, just having a look, he scored seven of his previous eight. It was a dreadful penalty. But uh, he's got to get to 100 goals, remember. So we've got to give him all the penalties he can get, even if it's at the detriment of our own team. Uh, have I imagined <laughs> this? Did he, did he miss a penalty in the 2-2 at Carrow Road in 1819? When we missed loads of penalties, actually. Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, he missed against Mill. He did, didn't he? Oh, he did, did he? Oh, uh, yes, he did. Oh, wow. He <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Sorry. I'm no, he didn't. Oh, no, no, bad knowledge, Dan. Bad. Sorry. Give us and take us. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the wrong row. I apologise. He missed against Millwall in the 4 3. That's it. Uh, um, hmm. There we go. Um, oh, and uh, as Maple says, uh, Marcelino Nunez for another Penenka? Question mark. Imagine that. Yeah, um, maybe someone should take one who's never taken one before to see how it goes. Max, I don't think I've ever seen Max Aaron's take a penalty. Who would you be least confident about stepping up? Big Grant Hanley. Big Grant Hanley. <laughs> there was one. Um, there was one ahead headed clearance quite early on, which uh, he literally was like on the ground when he was heading it. So I, I like the idea that he would just just because he heads everything, just try and head it in from uh, twelve yards. <laughs> I, I presume you couldn't scoop the ball up and then try and head it in. Is that an illegal penalty? Yeah, because if you remember you that one that Borough had double the touch. season that had the you double, can't touch. double touch. Yeah. Okay, so maybe someone well, could you know, a flick it up us. and then flick it up and then Grant Hanley runs in and headers it. Do that. Mm-hmm. That would work. Yeah. Yeah, the penalty against us was the Tavernier one. Uh, yeah, sure. For, for, for Borough, I think. I think it was him. Uh, so let's, otherwise, Hanley would be your man. I, I think we've we've disappeared down a bit of a wormhole. Um, is there anything else anyone else wants to say? Uh, there is one more question. Ollie Baines says, uh, does, does Kenny McLean get back into the side if Hayden and Nunez form a partnership in the middle? Uh, Kenny's still suspended for two more games. Norwich did appeal his sending off. It was a red card. Have we all agreed? Yes. Yep. Anyone yeah. surprised Norwich appealed it? What? Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. Uh, anyone surprised they didn't win their appeal? No. <laughs> no. Um, so he's out for another two games, Kenny. Um, yeah, mm. I guess. I did feel weird not seeing him on the pitch, I have to admit. It, it doesn't happen very often. 
Yeah, I I think he was probably our best player when he was on against Luton. But then I also think we did look better when he wasn't on against Sheffield United. So it'd be interesting to see how we play in the next two games because that might be the answer. I suspect if we don't win either of them, they'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah, that's the way. Uh, right. In that case, if we're all done, was that our Kenny other business? Because that was Kenny other business, literally. <laughs> and um, I think with that. Um, we can wrap up another edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that loves the view from Turf Moor. If you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we are streaming the recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels. Have a search and I'm sure you'll find them. Ratings and reviews wherever prompted are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, Sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, in the meantime, uh, and for this evening, a big thank you to our guest this evening. Uh, Fionn, thank you so much for joining us and well done again on the 9-8 win. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. Lovely having you on. Dan, thank you as always. Top Thank stuff. you. Lovely to see you all. Likewise. Uh, Steve, thank you for all your help. Uh, we need to get you hosting one as well, don't we? Uh Yes, I suppose we do. <laughs> I can tell you that. Don't worry, you don't have to answer. We, we will do that. Uh, thank you, as always, for your sterling work. Uh, we'll be back next Monday for a fresh bout of Canaries Capers off the back of two uh, intriguing games. Look forward to seeing how they're going to pan out. Uh, and we will have another edition of On the Ball for you. Until then, never mind the danger.